Hey everyone, you're listening to Amanda Victoria by AV Aesthetics. It's a personal podcast that I created an extension to my brand. And I am so happy to be doing this again. Oh my gosh, it has been a month and I am so sorry. <laughs> Seriously. Ugh, I have so much to catch you guys up on and uh, let's get started because there's a lot. So first and foremost, I just want to introduce myself. Again, I'm Amanda Victoria, and I created AV Aesthetics along with the Hydrangea, which is an online beauty and skincare, soul-searching, spirit-soothing, whatever you want to call it, just an overall self-care, self-wellness, self-love type of community. I noticed that, you know, estheticians don't really have a place except Facebook groups to really dive in, find resources and support with each other on a website. And an interactive community is my main goal here as the time goes on. Um, and a lot of time has gone into it um, and it's getting there. So that will be published fairly soon. Um, and I also have the podcast, Amanda Victoria podcast. It's my way of just expressing everything going on um, by just having a podcast to let you guys know what's going on, keep you updated on my journey, because becoming a solo esthetician has been definitely document worthy, if I must say, especially mine. <laughs> so without getting all off track, um, second, I just want to say again, thank you so much for listening. Um, and you guys are just awesome and just so much support has been shown especially from friends and family and even people that i don't personally know on instagram or facebook thank you so much for you know supporting and liking and really encouraging me um so yeah so now that that's out of the way sorry that's always the boring part let's talk about what the heck has happened in the past month Whew. okay so i think there has been a little bit of talk that I've mentioned about me being sick, um, kind of not having it all together, kind of going through some stuff. And I, I think it's time to talk about it because I'm healed and I'm feeling a lot better. And so now it gives me the confidence and the standpoint to really explain what went down. So let's start in December. So in December, for some reason, I broke out into this rash, if you will call it. This rash was very inflamed. It, it was almost like hives. And what happened is I had used one of those um, at-home dermaplaning blades but it's not it wasn't the medical grade. It wasn't the kind that I should have been using so I'm I'd really just thought it was going to be a quick thing and kind of just move on. Well, my face ended up reacting so bad to that, that it turned into a major case of folliculitis. And at first, it wasn't showing signs of folliculitis. It was showing signs of rosacea, which is crazy because... I had never really dealt with rosacea. I know that my dad has rosacea. So I figured, okay, this is genetics. This is just me 
hitting 27 and you know hormones are changing and my body I guess is changing with my oil production and my inflammation Um, and so I really dug into some research um, tried to remedy the situation by using you know all sorts of products um, that I knew were going to help with rosacea and the rosacea was type three I mean it was all types but the most prevalent type would be most likely the inflammation and then also the papules and pustules and cystic acne. Um, And then I also noticed that my eyebrows were really starting to get flaky. Um, And it it was just one thing after another. Um, And I started to actually feel physically sick. I wasn't understanding why. Um, I was waking up in the morning with just swollen eyes and my cysts were moving to my eyebrows um, and they were causing a lot of pain especially you know when it came to putting on makeup or washing my face and before you know it my skin felt like a sunburn without doing anything and nothing was healing everything was scabbing with flakes and scales It, it wasn't necessarily your typical scab that you fall down and scrape your knee and you know it heals these were forming into blisters and so my mind is running wild because at this point everything that i've tried is not remedying the situation Um, and it was always so much worse at night and so it freaked me out with all of the things that were happening as far as happening at night you know, the sunburn feeling, couldn't put anything on my face, um, feeling very, very run down, fatigued. Um, noticed that a lot of my spinal issues started popping up, coming back. Um, I was losing feeling in my arm and my uh, hand. It would be very tingly, numbing sensation. So I had a lot of different symptoms that didn't really connect with each other. Um, and so... I noticed that with these so-called lesions on my face, they were now moving to my chest and to my pubic area. Um, And I ended up losing hair in my pubic area and then also losing hair in my eyebrows. I realized that my hairline had started to recede and break. My hair had completely changed with my skin. And it was a very scary time. Um, And so, we ended up going to a, you know, a, a walk-in clinic and they diagnosed me with demodex folliculitis. And this is kind of where it gets personal and it gets gross. So demodex are mites that naturally live in human hair follicles, okay? They are on you whether you like it or not. They're very, very microscopic sometimes you can see them sometimes you can't but you would really have to look under a microscope to really see the outline of what these mites look like so what these mites do is they regulate the oil production and the yeast production and all of the bacteria that are growing or producing in your hair follicles and they keep things in line well for someone that has rosacea or someone that has a lot of inflammation or throws off any sort of bacteria 
production, yeast production, oil production, it gives them a chance to thrive. Now, connecting that back to what I had done with the at-home eyebrow razor, that was the catalyst to it all. Okay, so it's hard to explain, but basically the hair follicles on your face are your wicks for your oil. So whenever your oil is producing on your face, that hair follicle is essentially the wick to where the oil transfers out and kind of is soaked up. Now, when you get rid of those hair follicles, the oil has no place to travel. It just falls out of the pore and sits on your face. And so these mites that eat this oil had started to come out of the hair follicles and really start to do some damage to the face. And part of killing these mites um, is using tea tree oil, believe it or not. That's the best do-it-yourself at-home remedy for Demodex. Um, These mites are not excretory mites. So whenever they are doing their thing, they are consuming, consuming, consuming. And when they die, they have no way of excreting except decomposing and all of the bacteria, all of the yeast and oil production that they had consumed starts to become extremely toxic to your skin cells. And that's what studies have shown to be linked to rosacea. So that's why you see so many people having such difficult times with treating rosacea because right now it's still being researched. And they're finding that 80% of rosacea sufferers have an overproduction of demodex mites. So whenever they told me this, I think that I had literally died inside. I had lost it. I was completely scared. I was disgusted. I had no idea how to handle it. And all they did was give me some antibiotics and a topical cream that wasn't even an antiparasitic type of medication. It was just antibiotic. So that, that I think, is what really started the mind games. Um, I do suffer from a lot of anxiety, OCD, depression, and to know that mites are contributing to my health or lack of health, therefore, was scary. And to be honest, I didn't really believe this doctor. I, I just couldn't. I, I saw pictures of other people who had you know, the Demodex folliculitis. And even though it looked like mine, I just, I still could not wrap my head around it. So I sort of tried to do the best that I could as far as letting it go. Um, But what I noticed over time was these plugs in these lesions, okay? And I know this is all sounding very gross, but it's true. And if you go on acne.org or if you go on any forum that discusses any issues about acne or skin problems that no one can figure out, white tiny plugs in a cluster are one of the most talked about topics out there because doctors have no clue as to why it's happening other than the fact that it is remnants from a cyst which is not true because I never had cysts where these plugs were. They were just regular old little bumps that turned into something so much more than what it was supposed to. And so what happened is I was removing these. The only way that these lesions would heal is if these these plugs were removed. 
And so removing them was a pain in the butt itself. That was quite the process. But what would happen is when these, these plugs would be removed, you're, you're left with these holes in your skin. And then all of a sudden everything heals. It makes no sense. So that contributed to so much of my anxiety as far as treating my skin, because as an esthetician, my job is to treat skin. And for me personally, I've never dealt with something like this. And all I knew was that if I removed the plugs, my skin would heal. So it started to turn into a lot of a dermatal mania where it was a disorder of obsessiveness of, of trying to remove these things from my skin. And so it created a lot of commotion as far as, um, you know, inflammation, infection. You know, when you, when you start digging in your skin, guys, you're going to be opening yourself up to so many external factors and so many external infections and bacteria that are going to mix and, and create a bigger problem. And so I dealt with staph for about two months and just never really understood because every time I would go to the doctor because this at this point I think I'd seen three different doctors and all of them couldn't really tell me the same answer I just kept getting more antibiotics I just kept getting more topicals and just I decided okay I'm gonna have to do some more research on my own and so that's what brought up the anti-inflammatory diets um, changing substituting things to eat instead of eating gluten filled bread, I was changing to gluten-free um, rice cakes or something. Um, instead of eating strawberries that were very high in immune boosting, I switched to blueberries that had a lot of antioxidants. Um, and a lot of my resources that I had reached out to as far as other estheticians were all pointing to the same thing, and that was either an autoimmune disorder or PCOS, which is a hormonal disorder. But at this point, I had lost so much weight from the stress and from not eating because all of a sudden I had crazy food sensitivities. And the inflammation every time I ate something would make my skin flare up all over again. Some, just things were not adding up. And in order to find out more about an autoimmune disorder, you need to go to a doctor where they can type up tests for you to bring to a lab and you have to pay so much money, okay? It's a lot, especially if you don't have insurance. And so over time, the antibiotics started to work a little bit more and more, and I really decided, okay, I'm, I'm hands off right now. Like, I'm stressing myself out, it's making it worse, and I just need to maybe like take a step back and just stop trying to treat it and maybe just let my body treat it. Well. What happened is that it then started to turn into more of a yeast production and more of a fungal problem. Because over time, when you are consistently taking antibiotics, antibiotics kill all of the good and the bad bacteria in your body. That's why it's so important that you are taking either a uh, probiotic or eating enough foods with probiotics like plain yogurt or um, you know, cheese, dairy, which is crazy because we always say no dairy for acne. But when you're taking antibiotics, that is the most important thing. 
um, because you still want your good bacteria to be helping you keep balance of that flora. And so what happened is I I had a little bit of probiotics in my system, but the amount of antibiotics that I had just made the yeast go crazy. And so then what happened is it turned into malassezia folliculitis. And malassezia folliculitis is one of the hardest, trickiest, son-of-a-gun things to deal with. Malassezia is a type of fungus, right? You have S. furfur, you have S. Um, God, there's there's so many different strands, and that's why we have um, jock itch, or we have ringworm, or dandruff, or seborrheic dermatitis, or eczema. All of those have correlations into an overproduction of yeast in your body that's creating these patches on your skin. And so what happened is these lesions turned into patches of this type of folliculitis that was no longer bacteria, but now fungal. My skin got so dark and crepey and even more scaly. And the thing about malassezia folliculitis is that you cannot treat it with any of the products that you have already. So all of the money that I had spent on prescriptions, antibiotics, um, all different skincare products to try and remedy my situation ended up making it so much worse. And so then I was left with having to get more products and doing more research. And so what I found is that there are so many different things about fungal acne that need addressing and need awareness to. Because we live, I live in Louisiana. I live in Lafayette, Louisiana, and it is humid as the devil's bathroom. Okay, it is humid every single day. And that gives your skin and the yeast that it, you know, will excrete, it gives it the perfect environment to do what it wants to do and create any sort of seborrheic dermatitis, dandruff, eczema, whatever. And it's so funny because people think that that's dry skin and it's not. It's actually oily. It's too oily. That's why you see people with, you know, seborrheic dermatitis, it's all in their hairline, you know, in between their brows and their chin, because those are the most, that's the T-zone. That's the most oiliest part of our faces. And so what happened is I had to then start doing antifungal. I had a doctor that prescribed me um, fluconazole and also just had to use monostat and different antifungal creams that were over the counter. And guys, at this point, I was tired. I was done. Because here I am trying to have this awesome thing, AB Aesthetics, and I'm trying to go solo as an esthetician. I'm trying to see people. I'm trying to make other people's skin feel better. I'm trying to make, you know, this business flourish and thrive. And I couldn't even get out of bed. I mean, I, I was so depressed. And my food sensitivities were all being linked to the overgrowth of candida in my system. Candida is a very, very important thing that people really need to start talking about more because that is your gut health. That is 
so important, you guys, because your gut holds 70% of your immune system. When your immune system is affected so much, of course you're going to feel tired. Of course you're going to feel depressed. Of course you're going to feel like you have no energy, that you are over fatigued, that you can't eat, that whatever you eat causes sensitivities because of the leaky gut syndrome. That candida thrives on sugar, dairy, gluten, and carbohydrates and saturated fats. Honestly, guys, a lot of our food, 99% of our food besides fresh vegetables and fruit and rice and sometimes even rice can, can create problems. So trying to find foods that wouldn't contribute to my problem was impossible because I'm already a very skinny person. I'm tall. I'm skinny. And I could not afford to lose weight, but I did because I wanted it gone so bad. And so what happened is it just turned into a nightmare. And I ended up in the hospital. Um, And they ran blood work. They ran so many different tests. And of course, everything came back fine. But what happened is I went through six doctors, guys, and nobody listened to me. I had to do this all by myself. And I truly believe that God put me through all of that so that I can help someone else. Because how many times have you asked yourself in the mirror, why is your acne still here? Why are you still dealing with this? You have spent so much money on all of these products, going to your esthetician, getting chemical peels, or getting a facial. You tried all sorts of vitamins, supplements. Nothing's working. You've tried cutting out this. You've tried cutting out that. Nothing is working. Well, I'm telling you that there is more to it. And a lot of dermatologists are not going to sit down with you explain to you the way that your skin works, the way that everything stays balanced in the pH, figure out with you what's contributing to it, what's not. All they're going to do is look at you and give you antibiotics or tell you to go on Accutane or tell you to go to their esthetician, which their esthetician is most likely not trained in, in recognizing the difference between fungal acne and bacterial acne because it's not talked about as much. But when you go through it, you know about it. So that, that's what I went through. I could not take pictures. I could not wear makeup. I could not go outside. I, could not, I couldn't use anything on my face except Vanna cream and tea tree oil. And it was hell. But you know what? I'm stronger now. I am so much stronger now because I went through it and I am a fighter. And I know you guys are too. And that's why I'm doing this so that I can show you guys everything I can about skin and how to fix your skin. Even if you don't need to fix your skin, there's still so much to learn that is not available to anybody unless they ask or unless they do their own research. But I'm telling you, when you have a skin issue, it's just like having a car issue. Whenever your car starts making weird sounds, right, or something isn't working, 
Who do you call? Usually your dad or your mom. Okay, you tell them what's going on. They ask you to do this, try that, whatever. You do all of that, nothing works. All right, we'll send it to the mechanic. So you send it to the mechanic. The mechanic takes it back. They give you a call about four hours later and they tell you some random thing that you have no idea about and they say it's going to cost $400 to fix. Who? Uh, it, I've been there. I know the heart drop. I know the stomach drop where you're just like $400. I just thought I needed more gas or an oil change. You know, it, and that's the thing. You are not fully aware of how cars are manufactured all the different parts all the different things about it that keeps a car healthy and running it's the same with skincare we are mechanics of skin we understand so when this mechanic is telling you it's going to cost four hundred dollars you're not knowing why it's going to cost four hundred dollars all you know is that you trust this mechanic but wouldn't it be so much better if you knew cars because then you wouldn't have such a problem handing over $400 to fix it. And it probably wouldn't have gotten to the point where you needed to pay $400 because you would have noticed a little bit of signs beforehand to where you could have fixed it with $10, $20. That's the same concept. And that's what I'm so passionate about because I don't want it to get to the point where you guys have to go through what I did and go to a dermatologist that's not even gonna explain to you anything or teach you anything and just throw you antibiotics when you don't even need sometimes antibiotics. The body is a wonderful, wonderful thing. We can heal pretty much our own bodies over time. We just have to take care of it. So that is what happened, guys. And that's why it was very rough and hard for me to stay on track and stay committed. But you know what? I am a committed person. And I told you that this was my dream and my goal. And it still is. And I'm still working towards it. Yes, I've had some setbacks. I couldn't go get that booth rent because of my health. I couldn't always see my clients because I had sick days where I couldn't even take a shower because I was so weak. But you know what? I'm fine now. And I'm good. And I'm going to tell you guys all about how I got better through my blog and my videos. And that is my surprise. I'm going to start doing videos and I have one ready for you guys. So whenever you go to av.aesthetics on Instagram, just click on the link and it's going to bring you to the hydrangea. And like I said before, I remember I had mentioned to you guys about my online skincare community. That's what it is. And you guys are going to find so much stuff that's going to help you. And if I can help you in any way, please reach out to me because I want to. I wouldn't be doing all of this if I didn't. I'm not making money for this. I'm not trying to promote products. I'm not trying to do any of that. I'm doing it because I care. And I'm passionate about being an esthetician. And there are too many estheticians out there that are being underestimated and overlooked we are some powerful women with some powerful knowledge. And it's time for us to start talking to you guys and letting you know that we are there for you. So this, I'm going to sum it up because I guess that we're already on 27 minutes. I'm so sorry. But that's part one. And part two is going to be coming soon. So 
Thank you guys. I love you so much. Thank you for listening. And I hope, 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 hope that you do not feel alone, that you do not feel not confident in yourself because of your skin, that you rise up and you realize that you can, can do something about it, that there are people out there that care, that want to help you do something about it. You don't have to live your life in the shadows anymore just because of your skin. Do you know how many estheticians became estheticians because of their skin? Me. That's what I did. So trust me. Let me help you.